Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks, and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is, and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokukoji.org. Thank you. Dharma talk tonight is titled, is it Think Deeply? Think Deeply, and this comes from uh, um, Dogen's uh, Shobogenzo, I can't think of the whole quote, but someone here will remember that because someone wanted to give me that as a talk title. Lucky me, to talk about thinking deeply. Let's see what I do with that. But first of all, I'd like to thank everyone for helping us support this place to train your mind, this mandala, this monastery. And thank you for that, for help, not only participation to create, uh, help create a Sangha community with the intention to see the truth with the help of the three jewels, the teacher, the teaching, and the community, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, put simply. And please continue to help us if you can. Thank you. <clears throat> so think deeply. Does someone remember the, the line that went just before that? Was something like uh, go forward or something? Step forward. Huh? Step forward. Step forward. I think so. I, I'm not going to give a talk on stepping forward. I'll give the talk on thinking deeply. Okay. Okay, what should I say? How would you talk about think deeply? So this is translated to Shobogenzo, which is a ma major work of Dogen Zenji, the founder of this particular lineage, the Soto lineage of Japan. Great uh, master who uh, taught a lot. His teacher was, uh, his first teacher anyway, was Ru Jing when he visited China. So in, do uh, you remember the fascicle, which one it was? In this case, anyone who wants to look that up, you remember it? What is it? Shodogon. I think it's translated roughly as flowers in the sky. Flowers in the sky. Okay. So very similar to alligators in the kitchen. Very similar. So the way I understand this, and if I, I don't think I've ever said to anyone, think deeply. But if I look at what Dogen, I feel that Dogen was probably pointing at is to uh, receive thoughts, not manipulate them and interpret them to think deeply. It's, it's like the surface of water. If you, if you're bouncing around on the surface, there's waves, there's all kinds of commotion driven by the winds of karma. You could say it that way. But if you don't do anything, you don't stick your big fat head up in the air, then the wind can't find you. Just allow yourself to sink. Think deeply. If you think deeply, there's no thinker. We're not talking about someone. We're talking about actually using the mind in the way that leads to, well, let's use the fancy word, wisdom, or we could use the more mundane word, sanity, just basically sane. No more commotion, no more grasping, no more, no more rejecting, no more warfare. I want this and I don't want that. And the constant bitching about everything. Have you noticed all that? Not only other people, but you bitch in your own mind about everything. Knock it off. I can't say it more bluntly that, than that. And that doesn't come from thinking deeply either. Don't hook up your vocal cords. That's the way I say it. Feel whatever shows up, but don't necessarily get rid of that by blaming somebody. Even if they did it, even if they did set a fire to your, to your storage building, even if they did it, if you can, keep a, keep a, a tether on that. Sometimes I use the example of a lunge line. If you know what a lunge line is, if you ever trained horses, they go around like that and have a line that you can train them with, keep them from running away and doing whatever they want because horses want to do things other than what you want. So keep a lunge line so that the, the thoughts are still circular, but they're not getting off 
and trampling through the uh, corn. So put in another way, thinking deeply has to do with not grasping the thought that arises, not rejecting the thought that arises, and not ignoring the thought that arises. This, this is clear thinking because it is coming out of dependent, origina dependent origination, which cannot find a self that is doing the thinking. And if you do find a self, which that's possible too, because anything can happen in consciousness, you immediately see, or in three seconds see that that self is unreal. There is no solid being there anywhere. I don't care how intense the suffering is, suffering is, you can receive that without adding on your own personal personhood about, about how rough you have it in life. You do not have it rough. There are people who have it rough that can't even get here, don't even know about this, never will know about this, and in some other country or this country are being tortured by their parents, by their society, by insane politicians wanting power, wanting power. And sometimes it even happens in the meditation community, people wanting power. Anytime you see someone wanting to control you, that's when the red flags need to go up. Slowly back away from that situation. That doesn't mean that the, the person isn't going to make some suggestions to you or say, you might want to do this or this or this. But anytime there's a demand for anything from anybody, and that demand isn't always just, you need to do this and not that. It could be just, every time you turn around, you're getting a sour look from them. Think deeply. Allow the thought, allow the thought to fall away from the greediness of an imaginary self that needs to have this and not that and thinks about this and analyzes that and has proof right here. I have proof right here that she did that and there's just no getting around it. She needs to be what, punished. This is, the society runs this way. Our cultures run like this. It's rare to find a, an individual that will not be blaming anyone for anything, but is responsible for how they feel. This doesn't mean that somebody didn't cause something, that somebody, someone didn't do something that maybe caused you to spend more time uh, taking out the garbage or more time doing anything. But stop it. Stop blaming anyone. Can you do that? Or if you can't, then just notice, be aware, it's the awareness practice, just to be aware how you continually to do what Atisha talked about centuries and centuries ago in his seven points of mind training. Shifting the ox's load to the cow, I think it is. You can tell this is from a medieval time with a metaphor like that. Excuse me. Shifting the, the, uh, the Dodge Ram Dodge Rams load over to the uh, motor scooter. Not a good idea. Leave it right where it's at. No one's to blame for anything. No one gets credit for anything, and no one is to blame for, for anything. Don't believe me, but could consider it. The nature of awakening, to use that fancy word, the nature of enlightenment has no properties. And if you read somewhere what it do, where it does, then um, perhaps I'm wrong. But I don't see any. And does this mean that I'm awake? There is no position called awake or not awake. The very nature of awakening is no position. The very nature of awakening is to have no desires for anything. This doesn't mean that the desires won't arise, but they can't find anyone who gives a damn about it. So it can rise. It can be extremely painful. The desire for something else can be practically excruciating. It's so believable, but it cannot find you. Why? Because you have seen that there is no solid being anywhere called Andre or Milka or Muzuku. There's no solid person. That name is just an index, so uh, we can talk to each other. There's no, there's no progression in it. 
it looks like it. And some teachers teach that way. You don't get anywhere. That's why it's so hard. That's why it's, we keep looking for, is there something else I could do? Should I be taking ayahuasca? Maybe. If you came to me and said, I think I want to do ayahuasca, then I would find somebody that knows about that, which I already know people that know about that. And I would say, why don't you talk to them first? Because it's diff that, that particular plant is different for everyone. It's just different. And it won't necessarily solve life's problems. It might give you some insight into things you've never seen before. Like you can vomit up something you've never swallowed. Interesting. Don't do anything unless you have to. But if you have to do it, then do it. Not impulsively, but, uh, but spontaneously. Just spontaneously. Come out of the awareness that hopefully you've been training for years and years and years so that you can actually be present. You can, it is shikantaza. It is just precisely this all the time. There is no that. Think deeply. So we're not getting rid of thoughts. Some teachers try to get you to stop thinking. It, it, even in the Sadhana Mahamudra, I think it talks about puts a stop to thoughts. Doesn't say that in there. You just led that chant. Who's saying that? Is it a person? Or was it a recording? Or I'll ask Jason. He gets out of his um, three-year retreat tomorrow. Is it three years he was in there? Seems like a couple years anyway. Sixteen days maybe. 16 days. So let's see if there's something else I can say about thinking deeply. And this is my understanding of what, having read a little bit of Dogen myself, and I we study that every Wednesday at noon here, and I've been doing this for years, and we're still not through with the Shobogenzo. Uh, and when we get done with that, we're going to another huge tome of his called the Ehe Koroku, or the... Um, what is that? Some kind of record or something. I think it's a uh, Columbia or DECA. RCA, that's what it is. It's not funny. What are you laughing? Trying to be polite. Ehe Kuroku. Uh, what is that? Extensive record or something like that? Does anybody remember the something? Extensive record? So it's just, um, it's different than the than the Shobogenzo, uh, but it's uh, similar in length. Think deeply. Questions about that? Think deeply. I can continue to talk or I can respond to questions. Kayun bowing. Right, Kayun. I'll come back. It's thinking deeply a form of pacifying bowing. Excellent question. I would say the, the way I understand you to be asking this, I would say yes, because you're not you're not doing anything with it. So you're, the thoughts arise, it's fine. You receive the thoughts go away, that's fine. You just watch them go away. You don't add any. There's no commentary being added onto it. Therefore, the you could say the the thinking itself is just self-existing. There's no thinker there. It just has its own quality of presence. It just it's just there. There's no past. There's no future. There's there's barely even a presence. We have to say something, so we'll say that. It's just Trung Rinpoche would say authentic presence. Authentic means there's no proof. There's proof. Then we have relative presence, which comes and goes. Right. Ian Bowing. Louder, please. When you said no, com no more commotion. Did I say that? You did. I did. Um, I thought of chaos, and so I was wondering. It didn't seem like you were talking about chaos, but how do you mean that word? When thinking deep, mm. deeply. What, more is that all commotion? I said? Is 
That's all I said, no more commotion? That's all I remember. Do you remember that? It's recorded. When you, did you write that down? I missed that word. What did you put in place of it? Constant bitching in our own mind. Stop it. No. Want to know about that? <laughs> well, I have another question. Well, you can ask more about commotion. You just have to say more about what it is you want to know. Ian Dowling, I really just grabbed onto that word and found it interesting and I had a hard time keeping it in context. So commotion is just a lot of activity that doesn't seem to make any sense and seems to be chaotic, to use the word used. So, we, we, so when you say no more commotion, how is that different than chaos? Well, it is chaos. There is chaos. The chaos comes and goes. The, the chaos is about our imputation about it. It should have been this way. Now it's that way. should be like this. should be peaceful. Instead, it's roiling around and it's shaking its finger at us. Chaotic. Chaotic. And so does, does chaos and commotion, um, I want to say, does it um, go away when we no longer see a, the dif like a differentiation between order and chaos? The, it, it may go away, it may not. There's no, no way. As long as we're, when we get to where we're no longer differentiating between order and chaos, uh, then we have what Trungpa Rinpoche would have called orderly chaos. But not to, and so how would you, you describe that? It's like watching the chaos that seems to, to have, a, um, have some kind of credential for being there. In other words, it's not like something you have to get rid of, or you have to stop, or this won't work, that's too chaotic. Some kind of a mundane or materialistic way of approaching it with uh, the, the obvious agenda or hidden agenda to create, to control everything. Nothing wrong with controlling, it's when there's some kind of demand to do, to control that, that we start to have more suffering, more. Maybe I missed it, but I'll want to ask directly, what is orderly chaos? It's just not to, it's just another way of talking about non-duality or dvaita. Order is, everything's orderly. You know, it's like a checkerboard, things are orderly. You can't play checkers unless you have squares of demarcation and an agreement that this is where the this is and where the lines are and black squares and red squares or whatever the board looks like, and then certain order or rules, ways to play it. So that's orderly. And that is not separate from uh, something that is uh, is a mess or is going has lots of different energies, lines going every which direction. Separated just by the, the, the way it shows up, but fundamentally not, not separate. Not, not two. Uh, not one, not two. More? If you can ask the question, I can respond to it. I'm just thinking of a different question. Don't you go to someone else or do you? Oh, oh. Huh? I'll ask it. Um, how can we think deeper than we already are? You can't. You can't. I'm, I'm answering you very directly if you understand what I'm saying. You can't. Because you are bound to the surface. You, you have no courage to go down into the darkness. You need to have that raft of thought, that idea, opinion, judgment of who you are, where you're going, how you're going to get there, who's in your way, who doesn't understand you, who's, who, 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 who. It's always somebody out there that's in your way and doesn't understand you. Not just you, but me, everybody. And so, but if there, if we see that there isn't anyone, then you, then whatever arises as passion, aggression, and ignorance doesn't get, uh, it gets no applause from the, from the balcony. It doesn't, there's no one agreeing with that. So it, it, it is just, uh, spontaneous. 
and it's uh, the other word that is used is a uh, rangjung or Tibetan for uh, self-existing has a dynamic that looks like it comes from something else and it's caused by something else but it's not it's just its own self-existing quality it just appears but it doesn't have a past or future this is everywhere you look unless there is a you unless there's a a, a sogadan or a biyun who is who actually is having thoughts about everything and feelings and emotions and a constant commentary going on an inner monologue dialogue what have you about what's happening what what's going right what's going wrong who you are how you're doing it happens right on the wall sit down hold still and witness that dialogue that monologue or that constant chatter about 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 if you do it enough use the body the body and the mind are not separate they're separated but they're fundamentally not two different things don't believe any of this don't believe it you find out my my uh admonition or suggestion or finger pointing is you find out go to the wall test this for yourself if you need a test go there and see what this is yourself in your own mind stream keep it as simple as possible we need some forms we need we need some structures we chant the sutras to remind us that this is a 2500 year old tradition of people doing what sit down and look at the nature of your mind or the nature of reality or or the what is referred to as the enlightened one or the tathagata or dharmakaya sambhogakaya nirmanakaya those structures in consciousness that are conceptual that are that can be approached conceptually but need to be really fundamentally seen as with awareness without any conclusion without any shape or form darkness from the point of view of ego darkness not good don't go there do something else find some other way take some ayahuasca or take some uh, uh psilocybin you could might do that tomorrow i have no idea i don't make plans it's a good thing i don't make plans more you're awful nosy tonight. Go ahead. You, you, know, you mentioned needing courage. Yes. Not having courage. I can't just go and get that. Um, yeah, you can. Where does I can? Yeah, that right there on the wall. That takes a lot of guts. Courage. Use a old word there, masculine kind of word, uh, but it takes. Takes a lot to do that. Takes a lot to have a child. Takes a lot to raise a child. Takes a lot to just function in society. And it's, I'm very biased. Uh, the way you find it is by look at your mind rather than look out in the world. Even Dogen says, one who proceeds uh, to proceed out into the world is the very nature of confusion. And to go within is the very nature of awakening. Go within. How do you do it? A wall. I spent a few years doing that, or I couldn't spend uh, quite a number of hours doing this, talking about it, encouraging you or anyone here that listens to me. Whether you become a Buddhist or not, that's your business. Whether you technically receive vows, that's up to you. But Everything is up to you from that point of view. What I'm saying is, if I have any say-so to you, I would say, Shikandaza, I'm biased. Do that kind of meditation. Just observe. What does shallow thinking look like? Grasping at thoughts, thinking thoughts, something you do all the time, don't you? Okay. You can tell me what it is. You just agreed. It's not, I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm not saying bad. It's bad. I do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't know about it. I'm just not this uh, deep thinker up here that's sitting around looking at all you shallow thinkers, like some kind of a uh, 10th grade uh, ethics class or something. More. 
How does spontaneity relate to thinking deeply? By watching what is moving this way or that way in the mind or in the life, down the hallway or out of uh, someone standing next to you that is beginning to do this and stopping doing that by watching that without a lot of commentary on it, we begin to see the fundamental nature of what is happening, of cause and effect, of dependent origination, of karma, lots of words there, without interfering with it, without agreeing with it, and without ignoring it. That's how it's done. And you do that by practicing that very dynamic of don't grasp, don't reject, don't shut down, by watching, holding still, and watching what happens in their mind stream. It's very hard to practice in life, although some teachers talk about meditation and action. I do not, even though I was taught that. I don't agree with it. I say meditate on the cushion as much as you can. When you get up off the cushion, just hang out. Be the fool you're trying to avoid. You might need to get really get a really good look at how foolish you are so that you can see. So you don't try to stop that. You can't stop being a fool. You can't stop uh, losing your temper. You don't have to. You don't have to be some live up to some kind of a standard. I think I've lost my temper twice today already. Anybody counting? See, nobody's watching me. You guys are all thinking about your own stuff. And when you could be watching to see how often I lose my temper. Is that funny, Zeb? Zeb drew, you know, the, the alligator in the kitchen? Zeb drew a really great picture, painting. A little, how big is that? About so big? Yeah. Doesn't have a size. It was on my phone. Well, it's like, might be painting on the moon. Yeah. But it's a very nice, I'll have to post it somewhere. Those I forget about. If I do, too bad. It's a purple alligator in the kitchen. Yeah, came out pretty good. So did I just change the subject? She showed, do you have a question? No. So who can I count? Uh, let's see. Which monk? <laughs> Go ahead, Milka. I, I've already an answered one of Shoto's questions. Go ahead. Milka bowing. Do, does think, thinking deeply involve words? Um, may, it may, but it also may not. There might be just... Uh, you know, the, the, I'm sure you know, uh, the, the movement and the consciousness that is about a particular thing, but words are available, they're right there, but it's more of a quality of um, who left the, the, the wheelbarrow in the yard full of trash when it needed to be dumped, those kinds of just very mundane things where we're looking for cause and effect sometimes, and then we might also just go dump it ourselves. Yes. Bowing. If we take a phrase like flowers in the sky yes. to the cushion or that comes up on the cushion, are there words involved in looking at that other than those first? Perhaps. There's no standard there. So, but we look for some kind of a standard is like what you asked is you're looking for some kind of reference point. It's worse than that and it's better than that. It's worse than that because you can't figure this out and it can be very frustrating. And it's better than that because if you see what this is, you're liberated. That doesn't mean there won't be suffering. It just means that it just means that there's no one left. There's no that's why you can't attain enlightenment. If you attain enlightenment, then you can't. You can't attain it. It's already the case. Just stop covering it up. Yes, Chisho. So is the book study the way we do, is that deep thinking? <clears throat> well, it's it's a, it's kind of a setup for that so that you so that you will look at everything, you'll contemplate it, but you won't have a discourse like uh, some um, some people uh, take a, something like Dogen and then argue about it. Our scholars will get together and or translators will, will disagree with one another. And I, I do some of that too. I think we all do. But as far as the study of it, just seems to be bringing yourself to the material 
over and over and over again. Just like bring yourself to the wall, return, return, maintain nothing. Don't set up a, a standard of knowledge that causes you to actually miss the deeper layers of knowledge, deeper understanding of, of, of knowledge we call uh, prajna or prajna or jnana or wisdom. Because if you if you set up standards for that, then then you you you're actually trying to go into the deep nature of the understanding of consciousness. And if you set up standards all the time, then you're always running into that. It's like you're stopping yourself from learning on a very very deep level, like the ocean. You're caught up in the waves. You're caught up in the winds. You're caught up, caught up, caught up. Rather than just no pushing, no pulling, no ignoring, you sink. Sink, go right down into the wisdom or go right up into it. Directions are all the same. They're just directions to something or away from something. Yes, sir. Sort of bowing um, earlier in Kayun's question, you had talked about something being authentic and you said, how is it authentic? There's no proof. How is authenticity without proof? That's the only way it can be. If it needs proof, then it's either true or false. But if it's authentic, there is no opposite to it. So there can't be any proof for it. Don't you have a degree in rocket science or something? Come and get me. It just really stood out to me because we we even use that in our culture, like to authenticate something is to give it proof. Yes, so. it's just it's the mundane path. It's the relative path. It's a materialistic path. Not against that. I'm just saying it is not the spiritual path. We we need the mundane path to have robes, to have a building, to have uh, windows. Uh, we, we need all of that is important. You need to have a schedule. We're going to have a 10 day Denkoe, eight day uh, retreat here, traditional Denkoe, a Soto Zen retreat with Orioki and everything coming up on what, what day is that? October 1 to 8. October 1 to 8. People are free to sign up for that if they wish. Um, A very strong form and we need to talk about this and understand how we can set up a form where someone can come in and just observe the forms and train their mind on that eight day period it's a you call it a, an intensive training seminar if you wanted a more direct description of what it is more what it, um, are we getting clear about when you, you say clarity about our confusion? So that's what uh, that's what awakening is. Is is it's uh, awakening or enlightenment or realization is not separate from delusion. It is a complete awareness of the nature of delusion. So it's not awareness of the nature of enlightenment. It's awareness of the, the very thing that covers up the awakening is seen through. And so the, it's the awakening that was always there. It's always been there. It's your birthright. As a human being, you, you were born awake, and then you slowly cover everything up until you become 10 years old or 45. More? Divine, how is that uh, no reference point? When you're, you can see the nature of confusion. It seems like we're also unknowing. What is it you want to know? I'm following you a little bit, but not completely. I was looking at the difference between clarity of confusion and this idea of unknowing. When we're, when we're studying, it's almost like we're losing reference points. We're losing yes. our conclusions. We're losing our. Yes, that's what our we're, in our when we study the Dharma here. Uh, the way I understand this took me a long time to see this. It's necessary to study the Dharma, but not test people. Uh, who did this? Who said this? And what century? And and what are the the, the four of this and the eight that? I mean, if you happen to remember them, then that's good. But there'll be no test because then people start competing, competition. You know, it doesn't make, make any difference who gets their rocks are done first. 
<laughs> Where is she? On <laughs> vacation. On the other hand, it do, on the other hand, uh, on the other hand, that's that's fine to do that. It's fine to have that as long as there's understanding about what that is. More. What about what is that kind of understanding and the idea of unknowing? I don't know where I'm getting that, but. So I, I can drag you through it a little bit if you're ready. Uh, the unknowing uh, or the not knowing is is wisdom, uh, but it's not a, a not knowing or an unknowing that is particularly concerned with not knowing because there's no identity there that is the one who does not know or the one who needs to work harder so that they know or needs to pass a test so they can prove that they know things. More? Take me further into what I left out, not what I've already said. So when we have clarity about the de delusion or confusion, it seems like we're clear on something. Yes. We understand something. We do. But it's not a relative kind of understanding. It's, it's, it is complete, it is complete understanding of the confusion. And complete understanding of confusion uh, is uh, awakening. And what do you awaken to? Nothing is separate from anything else. And you see it. You, you don't need someone to come along. Yeah, I think you're on to something there. You're not on, then, on to anything. You actually see it. You can do this. Everyone here can do this. If you're listening to me, listening to this person talk about this on Zoom or wherever, then you can do this, but you will have to do it. Just don't look for anything. Don't look for results. Don't test yourself. Don't check and see if, if what you're seeing agrees with Dogen. Dogen wrote and taught in a, in a way that you can't get a reference point from him. That's why everybody's studying him, because the lack of reference point pulls you right down into the darkness. And that's where I'm uh, directing you. I'm not Dogen, but I'm saying I'm looking at something very similar to what he was pointing to. Maybe it wasn't the profound and vast wisdom he's talking about. I'm not concerned with that. What I'm saying is you need to see it. You need to actually see this with your mind, and you can do this. There's a wall. Face the wall. And study the Buddha's Dharma and return to the three jewels. Those are several... What do they call those? What are they, when it's a formula for something? What's the name of that? Albumin? Albumin. No. You tried to trick me, are you? <laughs> Algorithm. So it's a, it's a structure or a formula that shows up that we can use to find some, out something else. So this particular formula, this incredible formula of the Buddha's Dharma is that what is looking finds out itself. You actually realize what you, who you are. And when you do that, the work is done. There isn't anything left to do. There's nothing left to know. Not that you won't know what time uh, uh, Walmart closes. Is there a further? Yes. Does seeing the confusion come before understanding the confusion? For a while, because you will think there's more that you need to understand, which is a very, very, very nature of ego when there's when it's still running around in uh, spiritual materialism, looking for results, looking for results, trying to make sure that what you see is true. If you see this, you won't need proof. The very, very seeing is the proof. It's everywhere. Everything is preaching the, the Dharma. This has been, that's not something I am made up. That's something that's been said centuries before any of us showed up. Every, if you see what this is, everything preaching the Buddha's Dharma. And what is it? Not set, nothing is separate from anything else. There have never been two things anywhere. Realize it. Realize it while, while you still have hands and feet, eyes, nose, tongue, body, mind as a human form. Because this is impermanent. And this is going down soon. In my case, <laughs> maybe not as soon in your case. 
realize it. So, so you know what this is rather than going to little stories about somebody that stole your bicycle or somebody that didn't do uh, something that you, they said they were going to do and then they didn't live up to it. Not that that isn't important also. More? Looking at the teaching that nothing's separate, how can we cover up anything if nothing's separate? You can't. That's the discovery. You're, com you're a complete flop. You're a complete failure. You're a fool for even trying such a thing. And the war is over. And there's, there's no self in this context form. Feeling, perception, concept, consciousness does not add up to a being, a self. The only thing that's separate or separated is this body is over here and that, that body is over, over there. But nothing is separate. Life and death are not separate. They just look like it intensely. Relax and enjoy yourself. Yes? Is the spiritual path kind of fool's errand? Yes, after you see what it is, of course it is. You feel like a fool for going out. What's the old Tibetan story where the son leaves the house of his father and and because uh, he's he thought he went out the front door, so he goes over hill and dale looking for his father. And many many years uh, later, he comes back and comes in the the back door of the house, and his father's in there having breakfast. He never he never went anywhere. I'm sure there's a more interesting way to tell that story than what I did, but something like that. What you're what you're looking for is already in front of you. It's right here. It's in front of you. It's the back of your hand. The, 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 the old uh, image the, of teaching the Buddha is in the palm of your hand. There's a Buddha that you're looking for. Like it says on the banner of the mind is the Buddha. As soon as you sit down and look at the wall, I don't care how you feel, that's the Buddha. It's not about getting a really blissful meditation. Can take a, one or two more questions. If there is a couple, any any on uh, you? You have a question, Mazuku? Go ahead. Was it divine? You just said we can't cover it up. If we can't cover it up, and I've also heard you say that it's just when you see it, it's just so obvious. Yes. So if we can't cover it up, why why can't I see it? You can. You're looking at it. You're just you're just thinking that it's something else. Or you're thinking that's not enough. You, that can't be. That can't be it. Can't be that simple. Was it divine? So the thought, the thoughts of some that we're looking for something else is that's not. Is that covering it up? Probably. Is there anyone on? Uh, on Zoom? Come on, go ahead. Mahesh, go ahead. Uh, Mahesh, go ahead. Uh, so when I use uh, labeling, uh, while I just sit and watch, the labeling seems to be helping with my distraction. Like uh, I'm I'm not getting the long chains of thought. Okay. But, uh, what is your question, please? What's your question? So the question is, um, uh, why don't you recommend it, or what is the downside of labeling bowing? Are, are, are there any downsides of using labeling instead of compared to just, just watching? Yeah. yeah, I don't teach labeling, uh, but I have taught that. I was taught that uh, by Trungpa Rinpoche back in the 70s and, and was trained as a meditation instructor. I taught that to other people because that's what I was taught. I just don't teach it anymore. Why? Uh, I suppose I could make a comment on it if you really wanted to hear it, but it may sound like a judgment of Trungpa Rinpoche, and it is not. He taught exactly what he needed to teach to those people that were in front of him, and I was one of them. Uh, but I teach the people, people that show up here, uh, either on the screen, what do we have got? Maybe you know, there's 29 windows. That means that there's a not much on math, but I would say 26 people maybe there. And there's another, what, 15 in here, something like that. Not very many people. Chungpa Rinpoche had thousands of people. I don't. 
So there, therefore, I treat, teach, look at it, and don't don't label, uh, don't 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 separate yourself from that which is arising in the mind stream. What is arising in the mind stream is the object of meditation, as far as I'm concerned. And if you want want some kind of other uh, a second opinion, we'll look at the hundreds and hundreds of years of shikantaza. Just observe shikantaza. It's not shamatha vipassana. It's not shine and laktang. Uh, it's not vipassana. It's not. There's just all kinds of practices, creation completion practices in the Tibetan tradition and other traditions. I'm not against those. I just don't teach them. Because if you're talking to me, I want you to see it. I'm not interested in you becoming a tantric uh, scholar. Mahesh Bhavan. Um, so, so what happens exactly when we label uh, what actually goes wrong compared to just right. watching? I'll show you. This labeling. The awareness that was watching the thoughts come and go, uh, you say, thinking. And then you return to the breath. You're, you're, it's like a deliberate form of ignorance. You're deliberately ignoring the very thing you should be looking at because the the, the breath isn't awareness of the breath isn't going to help you stabilize. Because why? Because you you're breathing all the time. And so to return to the breath to get some kind of a signatory there that will validate your awareness uh, is just not not particularly a good idea. Now, if you're leading up to tantric practices that are creation completion, where you're doing uh, deity yoga, maybe you should do a bunch of that first because you're going to have to do a lot of concentration when it comes to remembering uh, mantras and uh, remembering the images that need to be visualized in tantric practice. I don't teach it. Not wrong. Go study that. Go study that. So when you label, Mahesh Bowen. Go ahead, go ahead Mahesh. Mahesh. Mahesh Bowen. Uh, so I'm not talking about uh, using breath and uh, doing the labeling. I'm talking about when we do shikantaza of just seeing what arises. Uh, immediately when I realize I'm caught up in a thought, if I use a label to note uh, what the thought is and then come back to shikantaza, no, no, no. is there any... Uh, I'm saying don't do that. Do I have to tell you why? Because I said so. I mean, I'm being a little silly, but I'm just saying... I mean, do I have to explain this? Uh, it's taken me years to understand how to do this. I cannot put this in a few in a few words and chuck it at you. And where you, with your particular uh, uh, acumen, and you're a very intelligent uh, man, it's not a compliment. I'm just describing uh, what I'm seeing by interacting with you. But you are caught up in thoughts. So there's no way I would t ever teach you to label your thoughts. That'd be silly. That's like trying to get you to get control over your thoughts. I don't care about control. I'm interested in awareness, awareness, awareness. What is this? It is not separate. The Buddha has been pointing at this for centuries, not just the historical Buddha, but all the Buddhas that arose out of the lineage. All uh, Dogen was one of them. Vasubandhu, Nagarjuna. We could go all through the lineages. So I'm saying what I'm encouraging you to do, Mahesh, is just see this. And how do you do that? You watch whatever moves. And if, if your thoughts are showing up, we're not trying to get you to a, a standard. I'm not trying to get you to come to a standard of being not, not uh, your mind not being full of thoughts. Those thoughts are the Buddha. Nothing is separate from the Buddha. There are not two things anywhere. I'm looking at it. You're not. You think there's multiple things. You think there's thoughts, no thoughts. You think that you might have to label the thoughts in order to keep them from being obstructions in your mind stream. You don't have to do that. You, you could look at this, uh, it's called a direct perception of emptiness. You could see it yourself. Go ahead, Mahesh. Oh, Mahesh point. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, so, so even if, uh, I, I, I think that labeling is helping me uh, come back a lot uh, during the sit compared to not labeling. Think like just sitting without labeling is is better. Right? I heard you. I heard you. What's your question? Is there one? You can do that if you want. Uh, uh, my question is: so, despite even though if my sit is more distracted, don't use labeling as a suggestion from you. Is that right, Bon? 
Yes, stop correcting everything. You're actually you're actually getting in the way of your own awakening. Awakening is not a goal. It's not a location. It has no location. But the mind that thinks it's a location, that thinks that one has to feel still or be without thoughts. As, as Trangu Rinpoche says, uh, a great uh, phrase, a great teaching statement that he made, Trangu Rinpoche, uh, uh, a, um, a Kagyu uh, master, that if you do nothing to thoughts, they will do nothing to you. So don't do anything with them. The thoughts come, they go, they come, they go, they come. But if you start labeling them, then they're, they're going to be right nipping at your heels to, to, to encourage the ego mind to continue to try to get somewhere, accomplish something, be an enlightened master. You don't need that. Find out who you are, there's no doubt. Get, get your own authority, as, as uh, Koben Shinaroshi once said. Get your own authority. What is that? No authority. There is no authority. The one who sees that may seem very authoritarian, possibly. And there's positive and negative ways of doing that, too. Yes, sir. So, Bowling, how is seeing that there's no authority different than just anarchy, Bowling? Because you don't do anything with it. If you see there's no authority, the, where this is where this is coming from is there's no separate being. So it's just a it's just a more uh, relative way of talking about the obvious uh, conclusion that ego minds are coming to. Who's in charge? Who's the boss? The whole whole military is run that way, and it's an intense whole thing. Uniform code of military justice is brutally uh, structured in a way that you don't have any control about anything. Somebody else decides everything. Whether they have any intelligence or not, that they have, they have some brass up here. They're going to tell you what to do. Wonderbang, another thing that uh, from Dogen's uh, teaching today was that flowers arise in space. The flowers can be different, and the space can be different. How can space be different that the flowers arise in? Bowing for the sky that the flowers arise in. Uh, well, if you come back to the, the, the something that you heard me say, consciousness always finds its own form, and it may find the form in, in a relative dynamic, and it may find it in a in an ultimate dynamic. And if it finds it relatively, then there's a difference between uh, the space and the flowers, the, the space between the kitchen and the alligator, or between your mind stream and the thoughts that arise in it. But if you see what this is, that which arises in the sky, clouds, is really just sky that's doing something. It's just more sky. It's just the spaciousness has congealed into a shape. All this is, this is just consciousness. This is rising in consciousness, this form and all of these forms. But the fundamental situation here is just consciousness showing up in different uh, gradations or speeds or dynamics. We've been here for millions of years. It's taken a long time for this to show up. Did you see the movie Lucy? No. That has some nice images that, that are, of course, it's a movie, so it's going to be more about entertainment rather than actually helping you train your mind. I'm not winking at you. I have a sore eye. But I, I could wink at you if you wanted me to. Is there a final question from anywhere, buddy? Oh, Yoka, you would have a final question. What is it? Yoka bowing. It's from YouTube, from Spoolstring. Oh, I feel better now. It's not from you. It's from Spoolstring, who is in the UK. Is that correct? I think so. That's Thomas. Huh? Thomas. Thomas? Okay, go ahead. Spool String says, I play guitar. Can this be a mantra practice? Or if it's similar, please explain how. Um, nah, just meditate a lot. And when you're not meditating, play the guitar. Play the hell out of it. You don't have to have any special mindfulness thing going on. Don't do that. Enjoy yourself. Play the guitar. 
When you're not doing that, sit down, train your mind to see clearly. And then you might notice things happening with your musical practice that might not be showing up so much if you're not in there trying to control and disturb something. I can't really ask pool string because you're a Mioka. I, I don't want to leave anyone out. If there's a question out there in uh, in uh, in Zoom land, is there someone there? There's lots of people. Either either names or their people's faces. Greg Bowen. Go ahead, Greg. How does thinking deeply lead us to no self? Uh, the, the way I'm describing thinking deeply is to allow the thoughts to arise without doing anything with them. So in your, if you're practicing, if I were to say, uh, if you're practicing labeling thinking and returning to the breath, then you're actually missing uh, what, what needs to occur, if you want to call it an occurrence, consciousness, is no grasping, no rejecting, no shutting down. You have to practice on what actually arises, not shut out what arises and go to something, some uh, thing like... Uh, training the mind to be uh, uh, mindfulness, uh, sometimes called resting in tranquility or calm abiding or shine, the Tibetans call it. And so to go back to your question, it's what you're doing is you're approximating through the mind stream, the spaciousness of uh, just uh, physical existence by not grasping, rejecting or shutting down. So whatever arises is dependently arisen. Pratita Samutpada, anything that shows up has a, has a lot of things behind it that cause it to show up as an apparent separation. So don't do anything with it. Just uh, And for you or for me or for anyone here, anyone here in the Zendo, it will take a different length of time for you to just stop meddling with everything. Let whatever rises, nothing belongs to anyone. There's no boundaries. There's no, there's, there's no boundary between anything. It just looks like it. It's, and this is why it is an illusion that deludes us and into hurting our friends and torturing people that haven't don't have any say so about what they just did, although it might look like it. You're everything that happens. You're responsible for anything that so shows up in your mind stream is it's yours. This is your world, not territorially so much as just it's yours. This consciousness is yours. Like Bowen, so if we were using the, the uh, image of putting your head in the water, would it just be to give up the struggle to allow yourself to sink or rise? Yes, there would be no one giving it up. It would it would just happen because there never was a struggle. So you would just be watching. You're not really putting your head in the water. You're in the water, and this is your life. You're in the water. And you try to keep relating to the flotsam and jetsam that's floating on the surface or the waves are pushing this and pulling that and keep fighting with relative the relative structure instead of just no more war no no more accepting anything don't accept shit don't reject anything don't reject banana cream pie and don't ignore anything don't ignore the gorilla that's standing outside your door looking in the window don't ignore that also, don't open the damn door. <laughs> I'm not going to prove anything. But you don't need to prove anything. You just, just need to sink down into that darkness. And, and it will feel to the ego mind. The ego mind might scream at you and say, don't be doing this. This might not be good. You might need to get another teacher. Why don't you find a teacher that's more, more reasonable, that will teach you to label your thoughts and stuff like that. <laughs> don't talk to Mahesh about it. And when <laughs> When I'm talking to, to Mahesh, I'm not saying Mahesh knows this. I, I'm all about uh, saying to Mahesh, if you have a teacher that's teaching you this, you don't need me. Go follow them. Go listen to them. Let them help you. But if you're listening to me, then I'm, not, I'm going to encourage you to not do that. And just everything that arises in the mind stream is the object of meditation, whether it's uh, uh, your heartburn or whether it's uh, your your knee is hurting because you're, um, you've been sitting too long on a cushion without moving a little bit. Everything. Everything. Thank you, Bowen. Thank you. We can 
We can do whatever we do next, please. Hi, this is Chiezan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokozan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you.